Good morning. All I feel the Lord has given me this morning, we're going to just uh, go through some scriptures together. Uh, He's given me a phrase this morning that I just want to build on. And uh, that phrase that he he woke me up with just on our last morning uh, in Blackpool, and he woke me up with this phrase, and I I took it that was an indication of where we were to go this morning. And the phrase that he said to me was this, there is nothing, there is no... Uh, ordinary Christian well, I want you to hear that again there is no ordinary Christian because ordinary means without anything that's out of the ordinary you know and we as Christians we are ordinary people saved by the blood of Jesus but we are not ordinary Christians because that's a, a contradiction in terms because of who we are in Christ and of what we have in Christ and of what the expectation is in Christ for future days. So that makes us not ordinary, but it makes us extraordinary. You know, we sometimes get into a, a way of doing things that we become uh, what one preacher uh, spoke about, mediocrity in our Christian pathway. It means that we do the same things week after week and we uh, are, are, are just living our lives the same way day after day with no sense of expectation and with no sense of excitement and no sense of being filled with the Spirit of God and no sense of doing the extraordinary things that the Bible says we're capable of doing. Amen? Uh, and we, uh, I, I, so I want to go back to basics this morning. Uh, I, I feel that that's the way that, uh, that the Holy Spirit is leading me to go back to, to basics. How can we be ordinary when we have been chosen in Christ from before the foundation of the world? Now that lifts us out of the ordinary because the ordinary out there, the men and women who know nothing about Jesus Christ, we who know Jesus Christ as our Savior know that we have been chosen in Christ from before the foundation of the world I think we touched on that a wee bit the last time I was here but before there ever was a world before there was ever was a creation before there was ever anything in the sky stars, moon and all these things we're saying about all these things this morning before all these things were ever put in place God had already chosen you in Christ before he even started to make the world now that makes us out of the ordinary, amen come on, you get excited about that <laughs> you know, that, that makes us out of the ordinary that we are chosen that God has chosen us and he's brought us into his family and we have come to a place in our lives where we made a choice although he, he chose us there was a time in our experience where we made a choice to come into the family of God to come into that place where we, we speak about being saved speak about being born again speak about having a conversion experience and how wonderful it is uh, why should we live mediocrity or why should we have mediocrity in our lives when we are linked with the eternal sovereign God, amen you know, why should we have this mediocrity this, oh it's Monday we're going to go up, why? we should be excited every day that we live because of we're being chosen in Christ and because God has worked, works in our life and he has 
has something for every one of us to do which is unique to you and to me and I just believe this morning that God wants to get us excited again about who we are in Christ and what we are in him and where he wants to take us day by day I want to start with, with uh, if you've got your Bibles and uh, uh, we're going to flick through the Bible uh, this morning and just uh, look at, at different aspects of uh, uh, what makes us out of the ordinary and it says in, uh, in Colossians chapter 1 I just want to speak about uh, just for a few moments on each of each these things I'm going to touch this morning are full messages in themselves and maybe one day we'll come and, and, we'll, and we'll give these full messages but uh, I just want, I just feel want to touch these things this morning and go back to basics you know uh, we, we sometimes feel we're nothing special amen you know I, 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 uh, I did a, a revival breakfast in Kirkcaldy uh, about uh, uh, two or, or three, three weeks ago on a Saturday morning and they asked me if I would come there and they, they put on a breakfast and they asked me if I would speak for an hour on, on revival and uh, it was just a, a wonderful morning just to do that just to speak on, on history and to speak on uh, what the Bible says and to build the expectation amongst the folks that we're speaking with and at the end I gave a call to come forward for prayer uh, I, 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 at first I sent people who wanted to go and get right with God into, into different places in the room where if, if the word had affected them just to go and answer God for that effect of the word but there was one or two came and stood in, in front of me maybe half a dozen and what they were asking me to pray for in their lives was negativity you know, there was a real sense that after hearing about the, the revival message and hearing about what God has done and what God is doing and the possibilities that God could do through his people and his word, there was those people who came forward for prayer and they came forward and asked me to pray out negativity in their lives. And I asked them where the, where the negativity came from. And in every one of their lives, it didn't come from outside themselves. Now that surprised me. Because normally when I pray for people who have got, who have got this negative thoughts in their life, it's because of what other people have said about them or said to them. But here was a group of people who had been touched by the word of God and who were coming and asking because the negativity came from within themselves. They felt themselves that they were not worthy of this and not worthy of that and they were they, they, and that's where that negativity, negativity came from. And it was a pleasure to pray that out in the name of Jesus because we are not negative people. We are positive people because we belong to a positive God who has plans and purposes, whose word has gone forth and he has the power to bring his word to fruition. That's the type, that's the God that we're in touch with. Amen? And so uh, if you feel this morning that you have got self-imposed negativity about who you are, I want to break that this morning in the name of Jesus. And I want you to bring you into a place of understanding who you are in Christ and what you are in Christ and what you have in Christ. Because so much of our time, our present is controlled by our past. You know, so much of our time, our present is controlled by our past. And I want to tell you, if you're, a, if you're saved this morning, if you're redeemed this morning, I want to tell you, your past is redeemed. Amen? Your past has been redeemed. And your past should not keep up and hold you back in the present. Because you, your past has been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. 
God has chosen, it's not because he's got a bad memory, and it's not because he's, he's, he's got a wee bit of, of dementia. God has chosen not to remember your sins. Amen? Uh, he, has, he has chosen not to remember your sins. They have been forgiven by the blood of Jesus. They have been cast into the sea of his forgetfulness. And they put a sign up, please don't go fishing there any longer. Because so many of the people of God go back to former sins and they play on them, they think on them. I want to tell you, your past is redeemed. Amen. If you're born again this morning, if you're washed by the blood of Jesus, your past is redeemed and you are now free to live to the fullness of all that God wants you to be because I believe that this word of God here that it tells me that I can do everything that this word says I can do amen and I can be everything that this book says I can be yeah is, is that negative no that's positive and when you come into that place of knowing Jesus Christ as your saviour then you come into that place not of negativity but that place of being positive and that your life has a purpose and your life has a goal and your life has a plan and your life has a destiny that God wants to fulfil in and through you now if that doesn't get you excited I don't know what will because it certainly gets me excited to know that God is working out a plan his plan in me for this day and for this generation and not only for me but for every one of us who are born again this morning isn't that wonderful chosen in Christ to be holy and to serve him well, it says in, in Colossians chapter 1 and I just want to read uh, a couple of verses there verse 13 because what brings us into this relationship is this conversion experience I pray this morning we've all had that conversion experience we've all come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ as our Savior and it says this, verse 13, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son. And uh, so it says, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son that he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now I, I, I take it that uh, some of you have bought and sold houses. You know, and uh, when you go to buy a, a house, there's got to be a procedure, a legal procedure, that transfers the ownership of the house that you're buying from the old owners, and it's a transfer of ownership onto you as you own that new house. And so, if you if you bought and sold sold houses, you know about conveyancing, and you know how much that costs. But it, it, all it, all it's doing is transferring the legal right from one owner to another and that's what's in view in, in the book of Colossians because the word uh, where it is, uh, uh, brought us into the kingdom of the son of his love is the same word where we get our word conveyance from it means that the, there's a legal transfer of ownership amen from the kingdom of Satan from the kingdom of darkness and he has trans. He has conveyed us into his kingdom and we have the legal right to be there because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that, isn't that wonderful that those who know Jesus Christ our Saviour to know that it has been legally done 
and so Satan cannot come back to you and say you are mine after you become a Christian you become born again Satan has no legal right to your life amen and Satan has no legal right to the plan for your life because he no longer has legal right in your life the new legal rightful owner of your life is Jesus Christ amen and we have been conveyed out of the kingdom of darkness and we have been brought into the kingdom of the son of God in whom we have redemption Jesus paid the price amen I love that song I've not sung that for a long time and we actually sang it that morning at, at the revival breakfast uh, Jesus paid it all all to him I owe sin had left a crimson stain Jesus makes it white as snow amen now that's what's in mind here when we have this conversion experience now I don't know I, I, I know your names and I know your, your faces but I don't know your hearts I don't know this morning if anyone in here still has not had this wonderful glorious conversion experience where you know that you've been legally transferred out of the kingdom of darkness and you've been conveyed into the kingdom of the son of God and that's just an amazing experience I remember I did that when I was nine years of age it might, you might say oh that's a bit young but I, I knew that I needed to be transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God and uh, it was just to have that experience to know that that was the start of a life that was now under control of God that was now under control of, 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 of Jesus Christ and that my life could now be lived to the fullness of all that God had for me I didn't always enjoy it to the fullness because uh, in, in everybody's life there is ups and there is downs there is uh, barren times there is times in mountain tops and there is times in valleys but I was always legally belonging to Jesus Christ amen and no matter in these barren times Satan could, come, could not come and have the legal right to do anything in my life he is a bluffer I want to tell you that this morning Satan is a bluffer he tries to bluff his way into your life and tells you that he has got power he has no power over a Christian's life the only power that he has and the only authority that he has in a Christian's life is what you want to give him and he bluffs his way in at times and he bluffs his way in, and we sometimes believe the lies that it brings into our lives and I want to break any lies and that that, that uh, that's what Satan has brought into your life this morning telling you this and that if it doesn't line up with the word of God it is a bluff it is a lie and he is the greatest bluffer of all time so don't let Satan bluff you this morning you legally belong to Jesus Christ amen and you have all the fullness that he has in you and because of this wonderful conversion experience. if you've never had a conversion experience this morning wouldn't it be wonderful if this was the morning where you said yeah I want to come out of the kingdom of darkness for good I want to know that I've been conveyed out of the kingdom of darkness and I've been brought into the kingdom of the son of God to change direction to change to know that the price has been paid for all of your sins because that's what redemption means the price has been paid and you have the forgiveness of all your sins so we have been rescued we have been released and we have remission because we know Jesus Christ as our wonderful personal saviour and so this morning that's that that brings us into this fullness of all that God has for us no ordinary man or woman now if you're a Christian you belong to a different kingdom you belong to the kingdom of God 
So what about this Christian life? How do how do we live this Christian life? What is the what is the is the basis for it? Well, if you flick back your Bibles, if you've still got them, we'll, we'll, we'll go back to Galatians, just a, a couple of books back or three books back from Colossians, uh, and uh, I want to uh, to read from Galatians chapter two and verse twenty now. If the conversion brings us into a, a life that's out of the ordinary, because we're linked to the, the wonderful God, uh, the Galatians 2 tells us what we have and how we live our life. I have been crucified with Christ, verse number 20 of chapter 2. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Wow! I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me wow imagine to know this morning that we're sitting here a group of people in the middle of Moodisburn and if you're born again with a conversion experience Christ lives in you and all that Christ is and all that who he is is now in residence in you and all the resources of heaven that Christ has he now resides in you with that same authority with that same power all authority has been given to him the Bible says and if Jesus Christ resides in you dwells in you he brings that authority and that power we are, we are, we are, we have so much potential this morning. You know, if we could only rise above the mediocrity of our life and capture something of the greatness and the grandeur of Christ living in us. To know that Christ is alive, amen, and that he is living in his people. And it says this, and, uh, and the life I live in the body, I live by the faith of the, in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Wow, Christ in me. That is the hope of glory, you know, Christ in me. How do you feel this morning? As a Christian, do you feel alive in Christ this morning? Thinking about the excitement the, of, of knowing the power of the risen Christ living in you and in me. You know, not for short periods, not for long periods, but all times. Christ living in me. And of course that helps us to walk the Christian life. Because we know that we're walking with a living saviour. Walking with us side by side. No matter what the problem is we come against. No matter what the difficulties. No matter what the enemy Satan tries to bluff his way into our lives. We can turn and say but Christ lives in me. And therefore if Christ lives in me, I can do all things through Christ who keeps on pouring strength into me. You know, there has been times when I have been so weak. Uh, I've, I've had a stroke, had a heart attack, uh, I've had a deep vein thrombosis, I've had clots in my lungs, I've had all these different things. And there was times where I really felt weak. But Jesus Christ kept pouring in strength into me. 
that when you thought you were down and out, God just came and raised you back up again and put you back on the road. He dusted you down and said, come on, I've got, still got things for you to do. And that's what God wants to do with every one of our lives. He wants us to have this excitement, this sense of uh, adventure. Uh, you know, uh, uh, at times it's hard when, you're, when, you, when you speak to a group of Christians and, uh, and you don't know where they are, but uh, I just want to instill in you a sense of adventure. Because uh, when Christ lives in you, it is a sense of adventure that's in you because you don't know where Christ is going to take you. You don't know what Christ is going to do with you. You don't know when you wake up in the morning what Christ is going to do through you. It's always a sense of excitement and adventure knowing that Jesus Christ lives in me. That Jesus Christ lives in in you, and I, I just pray this morning, as as we as we speak these words this morning, that in your soul, in your spirit, is rising a sense of excitement, is rising a sense of adventure, is rising a sense of yeah, thank you God, thank you Jesus, that you are alive in me. That takes my life out of the ordinary and brings it into the extraordinary. It brings us in, into the supernatural because that the life that we live is a heavenly life. It comes from another kind. And it comes into our lives down here. And I want you to come back with me to Acts chapter 2 now. I want to come back to Acts chapter 2. I don't know you about this morning, but I just feel so excited about all this. Because it just is a sense of adventure and a sense of excitement, knowing that these are basic facts for the Christian life. That every one of us should be living in the fullness of them. If we come back to Acts chapter 2, I don't want to go into... To the start of Acts chapter, Acts chapter 2 at Pentecost, I want to come into what Peter says uh, in, his, in his preach about, uh, about the Holy Spirit. Because I believe because that uh, is conversion, it's the conduct in the Christian life, and it brings us into the, the fullness of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which lifts us out of the order. And so, so Peter is having a preach here, it's having a good preach, it's the first preach of the new church, and uh, uh, he addresses the crowd, and if you come down to verse 32, I just want to break into the preach of Peter, because I want to just bring something before you this morning. God has raised this Jesus to life. He was speaking to Jews about what they'd done to Jesus, how they'd crucified him, how they'd put him on the cross, and how they were to blame for, for all that happened. But God, he says, but God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. There's an empty tomb. We know that there's an empty tomb, because we have looked in the tomb, and he is, and he is not there, but we have seen him with our eyes. And he is exalted. He has seen him being raised up into heaven uh, at the end of Acts chapter 1. He is exalted to the right hand of God. And this is what I want to speak about a wee bit this morning. And he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. We'll read it again, okay, because I think it's an important part uh, we we concentrate at the start of Acts chapter, Acts chapter 2 and we forget about what uh, Peter says later on. God has raised this Jesus to life and we are all witnesses to the fact he is exalted to the right hand of God and he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and he has poured out what you now see and hear. Now, this is something that raises us out of the ordinary. Not only conversion, 
not only how to conduct our lives because Jesus lives, but we live under the outpouring of God's Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, wow, come on, this is exciting. This uh, now, how I look at this outpouring is, uh, I believe there's there's two ways in which we experience the Holy Spirit. We have the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which is really for for witnessing and for servicing. And Romans chapter eight tells us about the indwelling Holy Spirit, which is uh, which gives us our. our our actual security and our sense of, of belonging and I believe there's two different things but they all come through Jesus Christ now the way that the Holy Spirit was poured out on the early believers and the way that the Holy Spirit is poured out on us t- today is because Jesus is exalted Amen because, it's because Christ has been exalted that the Father gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out of you and me now I've heard so many things uh, preached about the Holy Spirit and taught about the Holy Spirit been in some wild, wild places uh, where, uh, where it has all been, all been put down the Holy Spirit but this is the Holy Spirit being poured out has got nothing to do with us it's got nothing to do with our experience it's got nothing to do with how we live it's all to do with Christ being exalted amen and yet, when we learn that lesson it takes away a lot of the charismania that we see and hear day by day now I, I'm all for the Holy Spirit I'm all for, I'm all for the gifts of the Holy Spirit I'm all for moving in the power of the Holy Spirit I'm all for being led by the Holy Spirit I'm all I'm for all these things but the only reason that I have these things is because Jesus Christ is exalted amen he is exalted Christ is exalted and high and because he's exalted God gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out on us now this uh, pouring out of the Holy Spirit what does that mean? I like to think about it as, as a waterfall that you walk underneath a waterfall and you get the whole weight of the water all being poured out over on top of you and I believe that is a way that God poured out his spirit in these, uh, as his early days. And you might say, well, that's okay for the, for the disciples in these days. How do we know that God still pours out his spirit today? How do we know that there's still a pouring? Now, you can call it what you like. Other people have got different names it. But how do we know there is a pouring out of the Holy Spirit today? A lot of people teach it was only for that day. That uh, when, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, it was only poured out once. Uh, and therefore, uh, there's no more pouring out of the Holy Spirit. You may have heard these teachings, you may believe believe that this morning, but I don't. Because uh, the Apostle Peter would not change his mind in two or three sentences. Because he says this as he goes down that chapter, he's exalted the right hand of God. He has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. If the Holy Spirit is poured out, there there should be things to see and there should be things to hear. Amen? That whenever the Holy Spirit has been poured out right through the scriptures and right through all the history of the church, there has always been a thing to see and a thing to hear. Nicodemus, take, take, uh, take Nicodemus for a, an example. He came to Jesus by night and he said, Jesus, we know that you are a teacher sent from God. How did Nicodemus know that he was a teacher sent from God? Because no man can do the things. It didn't say that no man can say the things that you say. He says, no man can do the things that you do except he be sent from God. And so, when the Holy Spirit is poured out, there is a seeing 
and there is an, an a doing. When Joel spoke about the, about the Holy Spirit being poured out in all flesh, which, which Peter had quoted earlier on, it was that there would be things that would be seen, and there would be things that would be heard. There would be visions, there would be dreams, there would be prophecies, there would be all these things that were associated with the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. Now how do we know it's for us? Well, Peter goes on to say, and he goes down through the chapter, and a few sentences later, when they asked him what they were to do, Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are afar off and for all whom the Lord our God will call so that answers the question that it wasn't just a one off because Peter then a few sentences tell you it is for today because we are still being called of God people are still being called of God and still being but a lot of people don't move in the fullness of the pouring out of the Holy Spirit because they haven't realised they think they've got to tarry for it they think they've got to wait for it they think they've got to I want to tell you the Holy Spirit has been poured out because Christ has been exalted Amen and when we get a picture of the exalted Christ, when we know that Christ has been exalted, we know that then we can walk in the fullness of the pouring out of the Spirit of God. Okay, amen? That's what the Bible te- That's not my opinion. That's what the Bible's teaching here. And I just want you to understand that this morning, that the, the, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit is not dependent on anything else except the exaltation of Jesus Christ. And is he exalted? Yes. You can speak to me. Is he exalted? Yes, he's exalted. And if he's exalted, then the Holy Spirit being poured out is available to you and to me. How did you get remission of sins? By believing. How did you get this, this regeneration? By believing. And the, the remission of sins is believing in the blood of Jesus. The regeneration, the, the, the new life comes through our baptism and the walking in unity of life. And our pouring out of the Holy Spirit is all because of Christ's exaltation. What a powerful powerful message that is this morning and I might not be putting it across very well this morning but that's a powerful message that because Christ is exalted you can move in the fullness of the pouring out of the Holy Spirit Amen and if you move in the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit there'll be things to see and there'll be things to do and we long to see a church that gets its power back in Jesus Amen and we long to see a gospel preached with power, with signs following the preaching of the gospel. It's biblical. Jesus says, go out and preach the gospel. And as you preach it, signs will follow the preaching of the gospel. I long to be in a gospel meeting where there is signs following, where we preach the true gospel of Jesus Christ. God says he will, wa- he will watch over that word and there will be signs and wonders will follow the preaching of the gospel. Come on church, let's get the power out there that's available to us by the powerful outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Don't say, oh, I haven't got it. If Christ exalted, you have it. You know, that's what the Bible's teaching. If Christ is exalted, you have the pouring out with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And, and uh, just say, God, I want to have that fresh... Re- I was praying at three o'clock this morning uh, as, as I walked and I turned uh, and, and I was praying, God... I just want to see something more of the the exalted Christ. Because as I see more of the exalted Christ, I see something more of the power of the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. And to move in that fullness and to move in that pouring out. And to know that you are filled with the Spirit of God. Now that takes you out the ordinary, surely. 
your conversion takes you out and your conduct of life takes you out Christ living in you but to be living under the pouring out of the Holy Spirit that takes you in a completely different level come on church it's time to get back into a way of believing what the Bible says of not a lot of the things that we believe about the Holy Spirit is things that have been told yeah, a lot of the teaching of the Holy Spirit or, or a lot that we believe about the Holy Spirit is because other people have told us we've heard things, they've preached about it, we've read books about it we've read people's opinions about it but what does God say about it? God has only one, one actual condition for the pouring out of the Holy Spirit no other condition, he's only got one condition and that condition is if Christ exalted the Holy Spirit has been poured out and if you, if you forget everything else I've said today I want you to remember that the Holy Spirit is poured out because Christ is exalted and then we could go to Romans chapter 8 and look at the indwelling spirit uh, where, the, where the spirit of God is and in other places the engagement ring it's almost an engagement ring to, because it's, it's a signet, it's a seal that tells us that we are going to be uh, at the marriage uh, so supper of the Lamb the Holy Spirit that's a whole, whole teaching itself and I would love to uh, open that up but I'm not going to. I just want to uh, bring out another uh, a couple of things and I'll close because uh, uh, this is just going back to basics I want you to turn with me now to Matthew 28 which is commonly known as the Great, the great Commission not only uh, do we have this wonderful conversion experience which sets us on the pathway and not only do we have this wonderful Christ living in us that brings the conduct of living to our life and not only do we have the outpouring of the Holy Spirit uh, if that wasn't enough there's also another thing that takes us out there now we are part of the community that changes the world Amen, come on <laughs> excited, come on we are part of the community that God has, has said that we have to go out and change the world Amen that you guys here have the authority in Christ to go out and change me burn. Amen. Uh, and just to capture something of this outpouring of the Holy Spirit, this, this power this, this, which is Christ this authority which is Christ resting on you because Christ exalted we have nothing to fear going out there because we're moving out in the power of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit but we're part of that community we're the only community that can, that can change this world, uh, so governments have tried it, so despots have tried it so tyrants have tried it uh, the philosophers have tried it all manner of men have tried to change the world but I want to tell you there's only one community that can change the world and that's the church come on are you listening are you with me there's only one community that can change the world and that's the church living the fullness life with the power of the Holy Spirit and you're part of that community amen now that takes us out of the ordinary that we can do what governments can't do and the church needs to rise up and take its place, no longer being marginalised, no longer being powerless, no longer being toothless, no longer being quiet. But the church of God has got the commission, has got the authority, has got the power from Jesus Christ to stand up, to rise up, to give ourselves a shake and to go out there and to change this nation. Amen. There's enough potential even in this room to change this nation of Scotland. Because moving under the fullness of the power, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, all the resources of heaven dwell in Christ. The fullness of God is in Christ. So the fullness of God is in Christ and Christ dwells in you. Wow, what does that say? It means that all the resources of heaven are available for you and me to use as the bringing of the nations to be discipled in Christ. Amen. And I just want to finish, uh, if you turn over to Philippians chapter what is chapter 3 I think it is um, because uh, we are a people of expectation amen 
because our conversion brought us into this life and we have an expectation that's going to take us out of this life because we are expecting the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? We sing a song, I'm, I'm part of a wee choir group, I can't sing, but I'm part of a wee men's uh, choir group in Bonnes. And, and one of the songs that we sing, it is well with our soul. And one of the verses says, the sky, not the grave, is our goal. And we, imagine if we were the generation that were alive when Jesus came, amen? Yeah, you know, we could be meeting here this morning for the last time. Because we are expecting the return of Jesus Christ because the conditions out there in the world they could hardly get much worse. And in the midst of that darkness, we're going to hear a trumpet sound. Now, I don't know what you believe about the coming of the Lord, but I believe in the rapture, okay? I really believe in the rapture. I believe what Paul writes to, uh, to the church at, uh, at Thessalonians, that the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Imagine being the generation that hears that shout, eh? Come on, would that not be exciting to hear the shout, to hear the trumpet, and to know, yeah, Jesus is coming, Jesus is here, and to be caught up together with those who have been in the grave, who are in Christ, not everyone who are in Christ is selective and be caught up in the air to meet the Saviour in the air what a rapturous moment that will be when we look on the face of the Saviour for the very first time him who we not seen we love and then to see him face to face in all his grandeur and all his beauty and all his glory and to know that we'll never be parted from him the rest of eternity Amen what an expectation belongs to this people that's in this room this morning if you've got a conversion experience if you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Saviour if you believe that you're indwelt by the life of Christ if you believe that you live under the power of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit if you believe this morning that you're part of the community that can change this nation you then have this expectation that one day and perhaps today Jesus will come and it will come suddenly the trumpet shall sound the shout shall go up and we shall be caught up together with them who have died and gone before in Christ to see the lovely face of the Saviour. Now if that doesn't take us out in the ordinary, what does? You know, face to face with Christ my Saviour. Face to face, what will it be when in rapture I adore him, Jesus Christ, who died for me. And that's the expectation of every one of us this morning. And that's us went back to basics this morning. But I just had that sense of waking up uh, a few mornings ago just to say, how can there be an ordinary Christian with all this going on? We're ordinary people. We're an army of ordinary people. But we're also, an, we're, we're not ordinary Christians because of all these things that Christ has put in place for us. As I go around the room this morning, do we all believe that? Are we all excited? Do you have a sense of adventure? Would you like to go on this adventure with God? Maybe your life has been a bit grey. Maybe your life has been a bit mediocre. Maybe you've got tied up in different things and you've lost the sense of adventure. You've lost the sense of excitement of serving a loving saviour. Let's pray this morning that, that you get that back. And that when you wake up tomorrow morning, you have a sense of excitement. You have a sense of adventure. Knowing that Christ lives in you. And to know that you are amongst the community that will change this world. Or has the possibility of changing this world. I just commit that simple basic word back to you this morning to get us out of a sense of, of uh, non-entity into a sense of being the powerful people of God who can touch and change this community and touch and change this nation for his glory. Amen.